Why is that song so good? Well, I've had about a thousand listens of it to try and figure out why. But honestly, I kind of knew from the beginning. I've heard that song when I was happy, when I was sad, when I was miserable, when I was desperate, when I was going through pain, when I was on top of the world. I've listened to it with my kids, listened to it with my friends, with my parents, on the treadmill, driving 100 miles an hour down the road. Um, No matter what, whenever I turn that song on, whatever's going on, it kind of makes it okay, Um, which I think is kind of the point of music. Um, I discovered this song in 2004. I was 20 years old. I was living in the Dalles, and I didn't have much going for me. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, and I had a three-month stretch where I moved back in with my parents. And I was living at their house, and my buddy, who's a musician, rented this concrete box uh, down there on on Second or Third Street in the Dallas, and it was about I want to say like 100 feet long, 120 feet long by like maybe 20 or 30 feet wide, and they used to use it for some sort of storage. I don't know if it was for cherries or wine or. I think they use it for wine now, but it was just this empty vessel that had a a plywood sheet, a sheet of plywood as the front door with just a little padlock. I mean, anybody could have broke in there at any time. And we kept drums and guitars and basses and organs, tambourines and fucking kazoos, like everything you could possibly imagine we had in this room. And he was trying to record an album. So we just spent a lot of time down there smoking cigarettes, getting fucked up. Uh, you know, drinking and getting Taco Bell and playing music. And one of the things that we would always do at some point in the night, me and the the three or four other guys that were always down there, we'd start playing cards or just sitting around the table and talking. And somebody would inevitably put on some sort of music and we'd, we'd just kind of sit and listen to it and go through it, you know, kind of dissect it. And one night he put this album on in the airplane over the sea. And I'd never heard it before. And it had been out for six years. And I'm not like some kind of hardcore musical connoisseur. I mean, there's no reason I should have known about it, but I just was blown away the first time I heard it. You hear that opening chord and it just continues through the next 11 songs. There's 11 songs on the album. And the beautiful thing about this album is it's so different and so unique and it's such a perfect package. You kind of forget If you didn't know, you could just listen to the whole thing and it would sound like one song. It just transitions so well into each new thing. And it opens with this song um, and, and just goes through into everything else. And this was written by a guy named Jeff Mangum. And under the band name Neutral Milk Hotel, it's basically him and he had other musicians that joined him. Uh, for the album and for the tour, but the foundation and everything that really happened, all the the chord progressions and the lyrics and everything were written by Jeff Mangum. And he put out an album called On Avery Island, I believe in 96. And he toured and played uh, that album for a while. And then he started working on this one. And there were a group of people called the Elephant Six Collective. It was this group of musicians all in their 20s or so who just kind of hung out together and played music and traveled all over the country, lived at each other's houses. 
as far as I know, none of them really had jobs. They just kind of played music all the time. And so I'm not real sure how they, they paid for a lot of stuff, but that's kind of what you got to do if you're going to become any sort of artist. You got to, you got to go a hundred percent into it. And this book I have here in the airplane over the sea, it's part of the 33 and a third series. It was written by Kim Cooper. This is the only stuff I can find on this album. And for how popular this album is, you, you've either heard this album a hundred times or you have no idea what it is. I just played that song for you and I would bet it was the first time you heard it or the 1,000th time you heard it. It's a weird album like that. It's so insanely popular with people who know who it is. And then for other people, they're like, what the fuck is that? I never heard of that before. Neutral Milk Hotel. So all these guys are playing together, uh, mainly in Athens, Georgia, but also in Denver. And then according to this book, they were in, uh, I believe, New York City for a little while. And all the while, Jeff Mangum is writing the chord progressions and the lyrics for all these songs. And he didn't write anything down. He would just walk throughout the house. He played a lot in the bathroom because the acoustics are good and he could hear everything reverberating off the, the bathtub and the walls and everything. Uh, but he just walked around playing the songs over and over and over again and didn't write anything down. And I think part of the way that this album turned out is due to that process. I think the lyrics mean a lot and I think he thought them through, but I think a lot of what he said was just coming out. And when you write a song, you can write it to mean something. You can write it to say something, but also the way that you phrase the words and the, the way that you enunciate the syllables is going to affect the way that the song sounds. And this album is so beautiful because I don't know that I could pick out any part and just sing it without context. It all flows from one thing into the next. So you almost have to sing the part before to get to the next part. It's almost like the ABCs. You, you know, if somebody says, what is the 23rd letter? You don't know. You only know A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It all rolls together. And so he wrote all these songs and prepared them and they uh, recorded. They went into the studio, Robert, uh, Robert Schneider's studio in Denver, which was basically just a warehouse. And I think they lived there at the same time as well. And they, they put all these songs together. And the other incredibly beautiful thing about this album is that the foundation is always the acoustic guitar. And a lot of it can sound distorted. As you get into some of the other songs, some of the guitar parts are very distorted. And it's not because he's playing an electric guitar. It's because of this process that you can use in recording where you overdrive the microphone. You turn up the volume so loud that it pushes hard into the next thing in the chain and compresses it and kind of pushes it down and just kind of rounds it out a little bit. So in this book, Robert explains how he didn't use any uh, man-made distortion. He didn't use any guitar pedals or stuff like that. Everything was from the microphone getting turned up too loud and overdriving the, the preamps. Um, and it was recorded to four inch tape, which some things don't get recorded to tape anymore, but when they do, that's another thing that can happen is you have that signal coming in and just pounding the physical 
tape and it compresses it and it gives it a specific sound. So they record this album and they put it out in February of uh, 1998 and they tour on it until the end of the year. So they only toured it for like 10 or 12 months. And at the end, for whatever reason, Jeff Mangum just decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And that was kind of the end of it. And so part of the reason this album has so much appeal and allure is because the people who have discovered it have found out that there's not another step. This is it. And I think it's because he produced such an insane piece of art. I think this is one of the greatest artistic accomplishments ever lyrics music artwork the entire package is so unbelievable i believe it was just too much and he knew either he couldn't do better or he didn't want to try to do better or he just wanted to walk away but this is the only thing that we got he he walked away and that was kind of it and um so all that to say, let's get into the song. The, the first one I just played uh, was with, you can hear me playing parts and singing. This one is just going to be the album version. So here we go. The other thing I didn't explain is this, once again, in line with the other ones I've done in this series, It's a very simple chord progression. You can see in the bottom right corner there, it's three chords in two or three different patterns. The entire song, that's it. And he just strums along and then other things come in, but that's what it is. It's simple. When you were young, you were the king of cauliflowers And how you built the tower tumbling voice is so unique. I don't know anybody that sounds like that. And he's double tracking the vocals. Robert Schneider's double tracking. You've got Jeff on both sides singing along with the guitar and the guitar is probably doubled too. And the lyrics on this first verse are so crazy. I don't know how the fuck you would come up with that. Uh, Jeff is quoted as saying the same thing I've heard a number of other musicians saying, he doesn't even feel like he wrote it. He feels like he channeled it from something. It just came through him. I've heard McCartney say that, and I've heard other people say that. I feel like that sometimes when I create something. I'm like, where did that come from? You can't always explain it, and I don't know how you explain that part. I don't know where you would come up with that. And your mom would stick a fork right into daddy's shoulder so that last part right there as we would lay and learn what each other's bodies were for i always took it as like you're you just met a girl or you just met somebody that's special to you and you you're in love with them and you're trying to figure out why they tick and what what's going on with them and you, maybe you're making out and just you're figuring out what each other's bodies are for. That's what I always took it as. Uh, but I cut it off right before this organ part. And the organ part was played by Robert Schneider. It's, it's credited as an air organ. And the thing that I'm playing 
I don't even know what you call this. It was made in the 70s. I forget what brand it is. But my grandma had one that she probably bought for my dad and my uncles when they were little because it's from the 70s. And the version my grandma had uh, had an extra octave. This one that I bought off of eBay for this song I think it's only two octaves, so it's not quite as wide, but it still has the six push buttons where you can play the chord. And I'm not sure if this is what he actually played on the album, but this organ part is fucking gut-wrenching. You're just listening to him sing, and you're like, what is he talking about? And the guitar's back there. And then all of a sudden, this organ part comes in, and every time I hear it, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Every time I hear it, it's just like my heart fills up, and it just Fucking, it's so perfect. Maybe I'm wrong on this part, but I feel like it's coming off the last verse. Uh, it, this is the room I knew I could love you from above you. I sank into your soul to that secret place where no one dares to go. I, I always think of maybe you're both virgins and it's the first time you've ever done that before. You're, you're going to that place that's like forbidden. You're not supposed to go there. You fell in love with this person and now you get to experience this fucking awesome thing with them. So then this part, you, you can, you can tell that things are kind of hectic in the household and maybe there's this love story going on and then you got the mom and dad fighting and it's getting dramatic and people are getting stabbed in their, for, uh, stabbed in their shoulder. And then all of a sudden, I mean, this is easily and obviously the climax of the song is when the organ part goes up and this organ doesn't go high enough. <laughs> so you, you could see me playing the part, but it should be an octave higher, I believe. And when it starts to walk up right before Jeff starts singing loud, that part gives me goosebumps too. It just walks up and it just takes it. It's like, you know, that's where it's got to go. And then he does it and you're just, oh man, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> 